0: Imagine you're on the verge of retirement, looking forward to spending time doing what you love. You worked hard, you managed your money wisely, and you're ready to bid farewell to the daily grind. But there are a few potential traps that could cost you, not just in dollars, but in the very essence of your post-career life. Welcome to Baby Steps to Retirement the go-to resource for retirement planning that goes beyond the numbers. I'm Baraket Kalili, your guide through the maze of financial decisions as you embark on the journey of retirement. Today, we delve into a critical discussion that can make or break your retirement dreams. Five easily avoidable mistakes that many fall prey to. In the countless retirement conversations I've had, I've witnessed patterns of assumptions leading to unforced errors. Some of these mistakes might be more costly than you realize, not just in financial terms, but in shaping the quality of your life in retirement. We'll be exploring scenarios that could impact your financial health and well-being. scenarios that often slip under the radar in the traditional retirement planning discourse. So if you're approaching retirement or even just considering it in the distant future, you'll want to pay close attention to the pitfalls we uncover today. We'll unravel the mystery of maximizing social security, the importance of starting a pre-retirement project, and the nuanced stance between investments and planning. Don't let these missteps catch you off guard your ideal retirement might depend on it. Social Security calculates your benefit, which you can take at your full retirement age, which is age 66 or 67, depending on what year you were born. You can begin taking Social Security as early as age 62, but your benefit will be reduced by about 30%. And you can wait as long as age 70. And for each year that you wait after your full retirement age, you get an 8% bump. So you can get anywhere from about 25 to 35% of an increase in your monthly benefit. An advisor I know told me about a client who died at age 62 after getting exactly one check from social security. Now he had a pension that covered his expenses, and he also had a retirement account with $1 million. So he didn't need to take social security early. If he waited until 67, he would have gotten about $3,000 per month. But now his wife, who's age 54, can only get the $2,300 maximum benefit that's available to her at age 67, which is 13 years away. The earliest she can take her benefits is at age 60 under social security rules, but it'll be further reduced. And if she takes it then, she'd get about half of her husband's full benefit. So taking Social Security at the right time can add tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to your lifetime income. People often take Social Security at age 62 simply because it's available or because of concerns about its viability. And you have to look at your big picture plan though, because you might have other income sources and assets just like this gentleman did. Maybe you have a pension rental income, an IRA as well to consider. There's no one simple rule. You don't have to take it at 62 simply because that's the earliest point that it's available, you want to look at your specific plan and decide what's the best time to take it in your case, especially if you're married and you and your spouse have very different benefit amounts. You want to think about when each of you should take Social Security at the right time. This next mistake has to do with the transition into retirement. The idea of never going back to work can be scary for a lot of people. I know that might sound ridiculous for those of you who are burned out at your job and are ready to walk out that door never to go back again. But for these folks, figuring out what to do with all that free time is overwhelming. And without a plan for what's next, you might stumble into retirement and feel a bit lost without any sense of purpose or direction. I think back on my experience with my parents, with my late father in particular, he started writing a book before he retired, and it took him a couple of years to finish. So the project served as a bridge across his transition into retirement. With my mom, my wife and I had our first child just before she left her job, and it kept her busy in those early months in retirement. What can you do? Well, one idea I have to share with you is something I picked up from a fellow advisor, and it's called a retirement rehearsal, which is basically a staycation. You take off time two, three weeks or so from work, just like you're going on a vacation, except you don't go anywhere. You just stay at home and you live your normal daily routine, except now you have all this extra time because you're not going into work. And what this will do is definitely help you get a sense of what retirement will be like, and you'll see how much free time you have on your hands. It can also maybe be a time where you can get some ideas down. If you don't know what to do and don't have anything planned to start to sketch out some ideas of things to work on. And I would recommend that whatever ideas come up for you, start working on it before you retire. You won't be able to completely jump into it, but if it's preoccupying your mind and giving you something to focus on outside of work, then when you make that transition into retirement, it'll simply give you more time to work on that project and kind of mask the change in your schedule, the change in not going into work and that daily routine and the people that you may not see on a day-to-day basis and essentially kind of preoccupy your mind with something productive. Mistake number three has to do with focusing on investments versus financial planning. One of the most heated debates in retirement planning is what is the best withdrawal strategy that maximizes your income and minimizes your risk of running out of money? That latter concern, running out of money, is what I hear probably most, more than anything else in my conversations with clients, so it's definitely reasonable. But it's easy to get distracted by this discussion from other decisions that can have an even bigger impact on your retirement. Here are a few examples for you. You might be considering moving to a cheaper real estate market where you can be debt-free, and you might even have enough left over from the sale of your home to pad your nest egg. What I shared earlier about Social Security and when is the best time to take it is another important decision. And then you have other decisions to make about long-term care insurance, estate planning, and taking a pension versus an annuity payment. All of these financial planning decisions are a part of the process, and you'll actually spend most of your time working on these issues. So I understand why people focus on the markets, but you can't control the market. And so in terms of importance, I would say market returns tend to be overrated and financial planning tends to be underrated. Earlier, I mentioned the main concern people share with me is running out of money in retirement. You need a consistent income stream every month, regardless of what happens in the market. And that means you need a plan so that when the market does take a turn for the worse, you don't have to end up going back to work one of the biggest risks to your retirement plan that is not so well understood is called the sequence of returns risk. It's a fancy term for a simple concept. Over time, we know that you get an average rate of return in the stock market of about 7%, give or take. Of course, there are years where your portfolio does better and years where it does worse than that average. To take a sports example, when you look at the final score of a football game, you only know the totals, not when the points were scored. In the first half, one team might have scored most of the points while the other team was struggling. Then in the second half, it could have reversed so that the latter team makes a comeback while the former team gave away their lead. We know that your portfolio in retirement that lasts over 20 or 30 years is going to have a certain rate of return on average. But what's important is the order in which those good years and those bad years happen. Most importantly, What if you get a run of bad years at the beginning of your retirement? Think of the people who retired in 2006 or 2007, not knowing that a -a once-in-a-lifetime market crash was coming. They started retirement with some big down years, and it took a few years to recover. People who retired a little later, though, in 2013 or later, would have seen a run of good years at the beginning of their retirement, before the first major downturns of 2020 and then 2022. So the avoidable mistake here is not creating a war chest before retirement. You see, we know markets go down and it would be nice to have a reserve to provide you income so you don't have to sell your investments at a loss. Ideally, a war chest will cover your expenses for the first five to 10 years, which is really the crucial period of your retirement. Talking to a financial planner will help you determine, though, the right amount to set aside given how much you've saved and how much you need per year. And you'll also want to revisit those numbers each year and make adjustments as you go. And now for the final mistake, which has to do with assumptions about what retirement will look like. I often hear from clients who are nervous about going from working full-time to not working at all. They think of retirement as a finish line rather than a starting line. But if you're in your 50s or 60s when you retire, do you realize that you can have another 30 years of life left to live? For many people, that's about as much time as you spent working as an adult. You see, retirement doesn't have to be an abrupt stop to your career. A better way is to think of retirement as a gradual transition where you scale back your hours or maybe you continue working in the same field but on a contract basis. It can also be a transition into a new career where you're doing something that you've put off for years and now you have the opportunity and time to pursue it full-time. As we wrap today's episode, it's clear that steering clear of these easily avoidable retirement mistakes isn't just about safeguarding your financial future. It's about preserving the essence of your retirement dreams. By maximizing Social Security, embracing pre retirement projects, prioritizing planning over mere investment, building a financial safety net, and redefining retirement as a gradual transition, you're not just securing your nest egg, you're crafting a retirement lifestyle that resonates with purpose and fulfillment. But here's a kicker. Knowledge is power only when put into action. That's why I'm thrilled to offer you an invaluable resource to complement your retirement journey, the five-part financial planning framework. This comprehensive guide isn't just another set of tips. It's a roadmap and a systematic approach to retirement planning that instills confidence and direction in every decision you make. So if you're ready to leave normal behind and embark on a retirement journey that transcends the ordinary, head over to leavenormalbehind.life and claim your copy today. Your future self will thank you for it. Until next time, remember that best retirement is the one you've planned for. This is Baraket Kalili, signing off.